Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, we're presenting yet another recent interview we've done. This time, I got the chance to speak to filmmaker Ferdinando Filomarino, the director of the new Netflix film, Beckett. For those unaware, Beckett stars John David Washington and Alicia Vikander and tells the story of an American couple on vacation in Greece. After a tragic accident, John David Washington's character finds himself on the run from a mysterious group that is out to kill him for a reason that's unknown. Beckett marks the English language debut film for Italian filmmaker Filomarino who previously released his debut, Antonia, back in 2015. If you're a fan of Italian filmmakers, you're probably familiar with Phil Marino's famous collaborator, Luca Guadagnino, who not only produces Beckett, but also hired Phil Marino as the second unit director on films such as A Bigger Splash, Call Me By Your Name, and Suspiria. In the interview, we talk about the genesis of Beckett, casting John David Washington before he was in Tenet, and just how underrated Boyd Holbrook is, as well as what it's like releasing a big thriller on Netflix when theaters are clearly struggling. But before we get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So let's segue into the interview with filmmaker Ferdinando Filomarino, and make sure you watch Beckett, which is available on Netflix now. Enjoy. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about Beckett. Obviously, it's your new big movie with John David Washington and Alicia Vikander. It's hell of a cast, but we'll get to that in a second. I want to start, though, with one of the things that I thought was like the most effective part of your thriller, which is the language barrier. It's such a huge part of this movie because the movie follows an American in Greece. And, you know, as if the trauma and everything that's happening to him wasn't enough, the fact he can't communicate with people is also just like this terrible thing. So as an Italian filmmaker working with international actors, I have to assume you have a little bit of a history with language barriers, too. So was that always part of this movie? Did you ever anticipate making it with an American lead or, or how did that come about? I definitely always thought it should be with an American lead character because I guess the idea was to play with the canon of these types of films, which in general has been always mostly um, part of American cinema. And in some ways, because of what, you know, because of the sort of the general occupancy of American cinema in the world, there is something to the idea of an American lost somewhere in the world that uh, is canon. And because I, I wanted to play with canon and kind of flip around some things about it, I thought I would start from, uh, you know, the most basic uh, canon-esque aspect of it, you know, which would be the American character. And definitely the idea of putting it in a, in a foreign land where there is a language barrier on the one hand enhances that sense of, you know, isolation and alienation and difficulty to go around but also uh, a sense of 
discovery and adventure, even for us spectators to, to see um, a land and a landscape in a way we would not, even maybe in some cases, even if we were to visit such country, because um, that's kind of the way I wanted to see Greece in this case, not so much in the most um, expected or, or at least what is internationally known as the islands with the sun and the sea, but, but, but go deeper into another type of Greece. So that, that element of discovery of a foreign land was also part of that. Great. Yeah. And, and one of the things we, we talk about the American lead and that's John David Washington, who is a huge name now, but you somehow snagged him back in 2019 pre-tenant, you know, he's coming yeah. off black Klansman, um, which is a great role, but what about him did you know back then before he was this like massive star that you were like, this is my guy? I remember seeing Black Klansman and of course being struck just by how, how you know, I, I didn't know his work before uh, and how he filled the screen. You know, that character was like cool and smart and everything. And, and he, you know, completely embodied that character and filled the screen and it was powerful and it was wow amazing but then i saw a completely different film called monsters and men in which he had a role in one of the three stories that make up the film and he was a, a cop a very tormented cop he looked completely different the character was completely different okay but the way he approached his performance also seemed to be to be very different and dramatically so accurate and quite minimalistic in style and you know the way Beckett is as a movie and as a character has two kind of sides to it a dramatic core and then a genre milieu you know the world of a thriller and the adventures of a thriller and seeing those two movies it, it felt to me like he could nail both of them perfectly uh, while also being so um, warm you know, and relatable, which is something I felt was super important for this film. And and part of that relatability, I think, was the uh, mental health parts of this movie. It's not delved, dived into completely like a, a long act or anything, but you do hint at some mental illness in Beckett. Um, without giving much away, he, he kind of shows some anxiety and stuff like that. And it, it's kind of refreshing in a sense, in a movie, in a thriller, where a lot of these thrillers uh, you know, the the lead is kind of almost not indestructible, but you always know he's going to win, you know, and this kind of gave him a little bit of uh, uh, relatability. So was that part of it when creating this character? Did you did you want to give him those those, uh, I guess, chinks in his armor, so to speak? Very much. Uh, again, like you said, I, I was you know, I love I love these types of films, but um, we definitely I feel like, you know, if you make a new one, there's, you know, there's got to be a reason to make a new one and it, it's got to have its angle. And I, f I felt definitely that one aspect of these films that perhaps is a, is a bit overdone is how perfectly heroic and adequate uh, some of these heroes are to whatever situation is thrown at them. They seem to be, you know, maybe shocked at first or just in danger, but then kind of, you know, five steps ahead and figure it out. And we're just sort of following through and like, oh my God, he's so cool. Uh, which can be, depending on the type of film you're making, can be fun and spectacular. But I like the idea of trying to do something that was closer to home, more relatable, 
and somewhat dramatic in a way, again, that would feel naturalistic and grounded. Uh, and in this sense, it was interesting to not only cross off the list, he is a pro at, you know, hand-to-hand combat or uh, tactics. Of course, those things out. Uh, but also, what kind of man is he? How well equipped is he for a situation of danger and, um, you know, having to figure out how to get out of it? And uh, the, the most interesting thing seemed to be, let's make him completely inadequate and see what <laughs> happens to him. Basically put him through a crisis, a personal crisis on top of, you know, the dangerous adventure crisis of having people trying to kill you a personal crisis of identity. And in doing, in, in having this uh, conundrum, it felt natural to, okay, so this is a man who uh, tends to be a little passive, in fact, and maybe not, not speak up when he has something to say, not engage into uh, a situation that needs action. He kind of likes to keep away. But, you know, what if people are trying to kill you? What if there's a, a dangerous situation uh, that is going to become worse without you intervening? And it was interesting to see the man with those characteristics. What's he going to do in that situation? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention his co-star, Alicia Vikander, uh, also yeah. a, a little known actress. Who knows what, you know, hopefully big <laughs> things in her future. But um, what was it like nabbing her and and? Was that just somebody who was offered and you're like, yes, no doubt. Or was it somebody you had in mind? How did you uh, get her involved? Look, look, uh, Alicia, of course, is, an, you know, an, an amazing uh, actress. She's, uh, she's an important actress, like you say, and has been for years. But the reason is, is the way, the, the powerful and immediate way in which she electrifies the screen to me. She's done obviously a variety of completely different movies and 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 uh, different types of performances, but obviously this character of April has something. She has a few scenes at the beginning of the film, and she is very much the opposite of Beckett in many ways, um, and is something of a a very in, a person of instinct, of thought, and of action, and. The main thing that we had to deliver, aside from the differences between these two characters, was their love and have this, this April character be full of love. And Alicia is just, uh, she, can, she can do that and nail that seamlessly with like a mini, minuscule movement of an eye, uh, eyebrow, you know, and, uh, and, and energize the moment just by without saying anything, doing that. So it felt like a, a, a no-brainer, actually. And, you know, with the ambitions of this, of this project, of course, it, yeah, it was so, from where I was coming from, it was, it was going to be something big. So we just sort of aimed high and hoped for the best. And uh, luckily, John David, Alicia, Vicky, Boyd, they all responded to the script and the material. We had great meetings and spoke about what the film could be, what the characters could be, and it worked out uh, great. <laughs> so, you know, I was lucky, but um, I, I, you know, Alicia also uh, felt that there was something there for her to do with her magic. Yeah. 
Yeah. You mentioned uh, Boyd in passing. That's Boyd Holbrook, who yeah. I think is a criminally underrated actor in films. Um, he's just one of those guys that you you see him in movies and you're like, oh, he, he turns in another great performance. And in this movie, without giving anything away, he's a he's a plays a pivotal role, but it's a role that's not as big, obviously, as John David Washington or, or Alicia Vikander. But when he's on screen, again, he has this presence. So when you see him, uh, when you're you're casting that role, um, which could go to a number of different people, why? What was it about Boyd, that Boyd Holbrook, that stood out for you? Well, he uh, obviously the character. Uh, once you get to the character, one thing without spoiling anything that's clear is uh, that he's there where we find him. He has a job to do. Um, uh, he had a job to do before Beckett showed up. And and there's something, I guess, of um, an ambiguity to him. And Boyd is a master at ambiguity and irony to me. So uh, he can deliver the perfectly forward clear type dialogue. Oh, information, information, and how, how are you doing and this and that. But underneath, you can feel there's this whole other subtext dialogue, uh, which is kind of cutting like a knife. Uh, and, and sometimes it's even funny, even though, wait, is this supposed to be funny? I'm not sure. And he, he can walk on that line without ever falling to either side and leave you a little bit um, unsettled, which is something that, of course, was very fun for that character. Uh, and, and he's the master at that. He's, you know, he, the way he did it in a different, uh, I guess, more uh, badass way in uh, in uh, Logan uh, and, and, you know, other genre movies that he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, we're going to talk about another collaborator. Um, if you're a fan of the playlist and you're watching this movie, you're going to see Luca Guadagnino's name pop up in the credits. And obviously that's that's a big name in international film. So you've collaborated with him quite a bit um, with. Uh, you were on the directing crew for A Bigger Splash, Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria, all movies we're, we're very familiar with. So what is it like um, to work with Luca on this side of, of everything where you're the director and you get to call the shots and, and he's just that executive producer, producer role? Well, you know, I got to be a second unit director on the three movies you mentioned and actually also A Bigger Splash that he made. Um, only after we'd, we'd worked as producer-director a few times. Uh, he and his producing partner, uh, Marco Morabito, produced my first short film 11 years ago. Um, and, you know, that on their part was definitely a leap of faith. Uh, they believed in me when, you know, I was a, a complete nobody. And then, uh, and then we made my first movie together. Again, they produced it and I, direct, I wrote and directed it. Uh, so by the time I got to make the movies you mentioned, uh, I feel like there was already a deep uh, understanding and trust in terms of who we were as filmmakers and therefore uh, an easiness, even though these movies had different complications to each of them. Uh, and Luca generally has an idea of what he wants from second unit anyway. And it's actually an atypical type of second unit work where sometimes you got to do like scenes, uh, you know, uh, and uh, depending on what he had in mind, sometimes he had the whole scene mapped out and sometimes he was like, you know what, just, you know, you know, this is what need to be, needs to be delivered in the story, you do whatever. 
uh, and that's because we collaborated with, you know, with him producing my work as a filmmaker before. And so by the time we got to Beckett, that was, uh, and again, like I mentioned earlier, Beckett was an ambitious project from coming from my background. And again, I guess it, it would be a, a big leap of faith from him and, and his producing partners, uh, which grew in the meantime. Um, so both comfortable and emboldening, you know, they, their trust in me made me feel that more confident that what I had envisioned could be done. Great. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you're talking very humbly about, you know, how ambitious this is, but it, you would not think that this is somebody who is, this is your second feature. So uh, bravo to that. But um, I want to talk about one other thing that is about uh, kind of not controversial in any way, but but interesting about this movie is the release strategy. Um, this movie is obviously coming to Netflix. Netflix is huge worldwide. Hundreds of millions of people are going to have the chance to, to see your movie. But you're a filmmaker and you love seeing things on the big screen. I got to imagine. Um, was that something that, that you struggled with, with this idea of, of releasing something on streaming where, you know, this is a, a thriller. This is like, you know, an audience pleaser type movie. So uh, did, did that ever enter your brain? Of course, this is a big um, subject going through. It's going through the minds of spectators. So you, obviously, it, filmmakers, it's like, you know, many bells are ringing. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when I when I made this movie or I guess when I conceived this movie and then, yeah, and then we made it and shot it and everything, I, I wasn't thinking about that. I, I, I guess I always think of cinema as a big screen thing anyway. It just, you know, I, I shot this film on, on film, just like I did my, my first feature my, and the short film I mentioned earlier. Um, and I, I, I guess even the way I shoot and the way I frame, kinda because of how the movies I grew up watching has that big screen theatrical experience blood to it. That said, we live in the world we live in where there's different ways of watching movies, realistically. I personally don't own, I have never owned a TV. I have a projector at home and a screen. So when I'm not in the theater, I'm still screening a movie on a screen. <laughs> if you know, it's smaller, but it's still a screening. Uh, and obviously also because of the pandemic, this, this, uh, this shift that was already happening I actually, I'm wrong. I shouldn't say a shift. I don't think it's a shift. I think just like when TV came out, when VHS came out, it's just different types of media to watch films. People will always love to watch films in all the ways. And I think theatrical is just, is there, is now suffering because of the pandemic. And then it will stop suffering after the pandemic. And we'll just have options on how to watch movies. Some movies are there, here. And in terms of this movie, I think because you know it's my second feature, I you know I was lucky to make it in the way that I did completely independently, and I'm lucky to have such a wide and strong release. You know we premiered the film at the Locarno Film Festival. We opened the festival. We had this humongous screening, uh, which perhaps the movie would never have had with a traditional release anyway. It's such a huge screen. Uh, thousands of people were there, and so that felt like a like a right fit as a sort of um, blessing before we moved on to the to the amazing platform that Netflix is. So I feel like I got both, you know. Um, and I I have to say that I feel privileged to be able to 
to have access to such a wide audience. I'm not sure I would have had that otherwise. Right. And, and, and to be fair, you know, we're not looking down on Netflix. I mean, they're the, the biggest dog in the game right now and they're, you Absolutely. know, in 200 plus million uh, places. So our home. So that's, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So uh, you mentioned Locarno and, and one of the things that came out of that is uh, John David Washington um, was talking at that screening after the screening. And he was obviously very proud. And, uh, he mentioned the survival of theater. So you, you touched on, you don't think theaters are going anywhere. Cinemas um, is, are absolutely. you, you're confident that, you know, all this hubbub about, you know, streaming is going to destroy the future of cinemas is well, kind of just, I think, I think it's happened many times before to movies, like I mentioned earlier, with TV, with VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, everything was going to kill. Uh, and uh, books were going to be killed by, you know, the fact that people now read Kindles and uh, com from computer screens or whatever. I don't believe it at all. I think, of course, I would say maybe the balance changes, the markets change, but people are going to read books forever. They're going to print and read books forever. People are going to watch movies together, uh, you know, and air-conditioned theaters forever. Uh, uh, I guess one question we have to ask ourselves is what types of movies get what sort of chance to be shown? Uh, that's interesting. That's probably something that's still figuring itself out, obviously, with the added difficulty of the pandemic creating more confusion. Uh, but I am absolutely confident that the theatrical experience is at no risk of survival at all. So um, I, let's talk about the future. Beckett isn't out yet, but let's pretend it's out and you're moving on. You probably already are mentally. What, what do you got going on now? Do you have anything you're working on that you can tease? I am, I am writing something new that's, that's uh, another genre piece um, with a strong character at its center. It's something different, uh, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't want to say more now. <laughs> it's a film a, or is it, you know, it's a, it's a feature film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause we, I know Luca recently has, has dove headfirst into TV. I was wondering if, if maybe a TV prestige TV show is in your future. Is that something you would consider? Absolutely. I feel like some stories, uh, perhaps some amazing books, uh, uh, they, they just don't fit in a movie and they need a few hours to develop into a, a, a great narrative and uh, a series or a mini series, as they used to call them, uh, is the best house for them. And uh, I, I do have some, you know, I have I have a bunch of ideas about stuff to make in the future. And I do think some of them fit in that context. But uh, that's not what I'm working on right now. Fair enough. Uh, when's Marvel calling? <laughs> <laughs> I ask that to pretty much every director nowadays because we seem like you're in the prime position to get that Kevin Feige phone call. Well, I'm, I'm flattered that you would think that. I Look, I, I, uh, I, by the way, I'm a comic book fan. I, I've always read comic books and I still do. Uh, I guess the level, uh, the type of comic books that, I'm, that I read are now different from what yeah. I read when I was a teenager. Um, but... Uh, Look, I, I enjoy all movies. I go to the theater to watch Marvel movies the day they come out. <laughs> you know, I enjoy all of that. Uh, I also enjoy uh, in independent cinema, or at least, let's say, half independent cinema, having control over what um, my vision is. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know. And I think Beckett is a testament to that for better or worse, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's where I stand right now. So I, I don't... 
I don't know what to say other than that. No, that's that's fine. So yeah, I got to wrap up, but uh, I want to tell everybody, please watch Beckett hitting Netflix. John David Washington, Lisa Vikander, Boyd Holbrook, Vicky Cripps. We we didn't even mention her. Um, the cast yeah. is ridiculous. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Charles. Uh,